Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BNAC Talks Press. there everybody Bridget McGowan here and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have with me today Sharon Devonish lead Sharon welcome to the show. Thank you so much Bridget. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to be on your show. I'm excited. I'm excited too. This is going to be good. I'm going to start by asking you because you come from the PR world, you come from the the speaking world. And there are probably all kinds of words that you work with on a regular basis. I mean, words are your life. Give me three words, Sharon, that would describe your presentation style. Oh, wow. Um, I have to say that I am energetic. And why I say I'm energetic is because I got to keep the crowd moving. I got to keep them going. And, you know, sometimes PR is boring if you really don't understand it. So I have to bring in some excitement and, 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 be an energ- and, have, and be energized. So I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to ask you this. So we've got energetic and you said something. You said, you know what, PR can be boring. And you're right. I, mean, <laughs> I had a PR internship when I was in college. I was a communication major. I was one of those people who had to find a paid internship, okay? I could not be off a mom and dad during the summertime, but I had to do this internship. And you're right, PR can be pretty black and white. Well, not black and white, but it can be kind of not so exciting. It can be, yeah. Right. So, and we'll come back to your other two adjectives to describe your speaking style. But what do you do? With, to, to, to jazz up a not-so-jazzy topic? So, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because every single topic that I talk about in terms of with PR, I have to give examples. And I have some crazy examples. Give us I one. Have, I have one client. One <laughs> I have one client. She came to me and she was, and I use this all the time. She's a caterer. She caters for people. She came to me and she was like, Sharon, I want to, um, you know, I want to go on podcasts. I want to be interviewed. I want to do this. And I was, I was like, okay, great. Well, what did you, you know, did you do any media? She said, yes, I just did a podcast. My friend, he has a podcast and I did it. And I was like, okay. I said, send me the link. Let me listen to it. And, you know, we could start from there. Girl, she sent me the podcast. First of all, now you heard what I said. She is a caterer for people. The okay. podcast was on animals. What, what, so hold on okay go on I won't it, it was about animals it was everything about animals your dog your cat whatever food this that whatever and I, I tell people I said listen when you look to go into the media do not just pick any and everything don't think because you got an interview that you on a pet podcast <laughs> and you are a caterer for people that that's your car that's your target audience no, you, those people on there are literally going to turn off and you literally are just going to be just standing there, just wasting time on that podcast because no one there is interested in your food because they want to know, can I feed my dog that? Can I give my dog that? So I, I pull humor in because I get the most craziest things that comes to me. And then, you know, another one, people will come and tell me, they'll be like, Sharon, you know what? I tell, I tell clients, I said, listen, if you are not your biggest cheerleader, 
for your business, something is wrong. Okay. However, the media will not see that. So we got to get creative. And how do we get creative? We got to look outside of the box. So if we got to jump through hoops, if we got to do some double dutch, if we got to do some hopstotch, you know, the hopstotch or whatever, we're going to have to do that to make it seem newsworthy for them to at least open the email. So yeah, let's yeah. play. So, so, you know, so I get creative in terms of, you know, think about it. Like, what is the most craziest thing that your industry can do that would be interesting to the media? And that's how I keep people going. You know, it's like, oh, okay. And I like that. Think of the wildest, craziest, most outlandish thing in yes. your industry yes. connected to your topic. Yes. Connected to your presentation and bring that in. So mm-hmm. when things start to lull, when people look like they're getting the glazed donut look, mm-hmm. they pop that in there on them. I pop it in. I you pop that in. Okay. So we got energetic. How what's another word? Exciting. Okay. I got I to walk in there excited. I got to walk in there with a smile on my face. Let me tell you one time I did a, I, this is so crazy. My husband actually has it on film. Um, I was speaking at a women's conference and she was like, Sharon, I'm going to play your favorite music. You're going to walk into this or dance into it, whatever. Girl, I ain't work out. And, um, you know, I ran, I was dancing and everything. I got up there and they were just cheering me on. They were like, yeah, all right. You know, cause listen, I'm from, I'm from the Caribbean. So I told, I was like, play one of them reggae music. You know, we going to walk in there whining and stuff. You know, we going to, we, we going to get, we going to get the place jumping. And girl, I stood there and I was like, oh God, I can't breathe. <laughs> I was like, I can't breathe. But we got to keep going. So when you a speaker, you like, okay. So as I'm talking, I'm taking small breaths to try to catch my breath. Like, okay. All right, everybody. I'm standing still. I got my clicker and I'm like, okay. And then eventually I got my breath back. (laughs) Um, That would totally happen to me. That would totally. Now I've been on an exercise kick since December of 2020 mm-hmm. when I went just for a routine checkup, right? Everybody does it once a year, make sure everything's working properly. I, Sharon, I stepped on that scale and the scale said, ouch. So, <laughs> so I've been on my little health kick. My husband bought me a bike for Christmas and I've been wearing it out. I get my miles in, but before my little biking health mm-hmm. exercise kick. I would have been right there with you, huffing and puffing, yeah. breathing hard. Yeah. Crazy. It, it was, it, it, and again, you know, my husband, because he knows me, he was like, you were out of breath. He was like, you did, you, you, you covered it good, but you were out of breath. And you know what? I had to ask a couple of people. I said, did you tell I was out of breath? They were like, no. It's because that's the thing. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Only because he knew you, did he mm-hmm. know something was amiss. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes when you're making a presentation, any kind of misstep, yes. you don't even bring it up in you the don't. form of presentation, right? Because nobody has to know that there was some kind of a trip up or a slip up. Nobody mm-hmm. has Nobody to, should know. Right. Only the folks where you're like, hey, did you, did you pick up on it? You know, I know. did you pick up on that? <laughs> you, you saw me doing a couple of huff and puffs, right? Okay, girl. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So exciting. What's our third one? Um, I guess, and that's part of my energetic, I, I guess, creativity, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in my presentations, um, sometimes I do pre sometimes I'll do slides, I'll do a PowerPoint, or sometimes I'll just talk off the cuff, 
depending on what I'm talking about, because I talk about different things. Um, so my creativity is based off of, you know, one, who's in my audience? And is this something where, you know, is this audience not going to pay attention to a podcast or not a podcast to a, a, a presentation? Are they going to be, you know, is, is this something that we're going to be energetic, you know, um, creates creativity about? So, you know, I might just start picking on people like, come up here and talk with me. We, we're going to do some, we're going to do a panel, you know, we're going to do this, this, this trial right now and, and see, you know, let me see how you do an interview. You, you all big and bad, come up here. You know, you missed this interview, come up here. And that's what gets people like, oh my God, is she going to call me or call me? I want to know. Cause I want to, I want to learn. <laughs> and I love the big and bad ones because, because those are also kind of the, the ones in the audience where mm -hmm. you can't get them to be quiet or they know all of the answers or mm -hmm. they're trying to find a gap in your knowledge. And so mm -hmm. if you feel creative and bold enough to have that person come up there. And then you shut them. Right. Hello. They'll either shut down or they'll show up and show out. It's exactly. One of those. Exactly. And you end up showing up, showing out and shining. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. But then and I give them their kudos for that. I've had a couple like that. I'll say, girl, you know what? High five. Like I I bow down to you because you got you got it going on. You certainly do. <laughs> yes. So Sharon, you are a publicity strategist, a PR strategy coach and consultant, and your company helps clients understand the power of media and community exposure to maximize their business awareness and show them as experts and build bank. Yes. What is the biggest question that you are often asked by clients to address in a presentation? Um, you want to know the biggest thing? What is PR? Really? Like, yes. I get so many people that really does not understand PR. People think when you hear PR, that's marketing. And it's a, it's, it's a form of marketing, but, and, and then people will think, oh yeah, you know, I do PR. I, I, I did an ad. I, I placed an ad here. I paid for a billboard. And I'm like, no, PR is building credibility. You're not paying for it you are convincing someone to believe in what you are doing, your expertise, and they're going to write about it. They're going to write about your story. So that's the first, and that's the first thing I always talk about in the beginning of my presentations and my speaking is, you know, and I'll ask the question, how many people know what PR is, what public relations is? How many people know what a publicist does? So, you know, because they'll think, oh, you know what? I need you to post this flyer. I was like, no, I don't post flyers. I'm sorry. No, we, we, no. <laughs> Exactly. I don't do flyers. If I do a flyer, it's because I'm doing it to announce that you're going to get an interview and we just putting that little thing up there real quick. But other than that, no, I no, you don't know, no, absolutely not. <clears throat> and what, you know, and again, I get, I get all the story. I get everything I get. Oh, well, you know, you do, you, you know, you do marketing. It's part of it, but no, I create relationships for you. Yeah, I allow the media to really understand who you are, what your brand is about and how your brand stands out, how your brand helps people. What what problem is your brand solving? 
You know, those are the key things that I talk about. So people can really start thinking differently about their business and how they are actually pitching their business. Because people would just say, you know what, my business is, you know, I'm, I'm a hairstylist and I'm the baddest hairstylist out here. Okay. And we got 50, 100 other baddest hairstylists out here as well. What makes you different? Mm-hmm. And that's where I have them having that critical thinking. I need you to pull the red apples out. And that's another part of my presentation. I need to know what your red apples are. Have you even thought about what your uniqueness is? Because again, we got so many hairstylists out here. Why is it that someone needs to come to you? Why would someone want to interview you if they got their own hairstylist that they can talk to? Why would they want to speak with you? And that's when the critical thinking comes in. Why do you call them red apples? And we know red apples are their differentiators. They are their unique value propositions. Why do you call them red apples? You want to know what's funny? I heard that for one of my coaches. I was, I was in a coaching session and she was just like, Sharon, you know, she was telling everybody, she was like, what is your red apple? And I'm sitting there like, what's my red apple? And I'll be honest with you. I was dumbfounded. I'll be honest with you. And then she showed this picture and it was a barrel full of green apples and there was one red apple in there. She was yeah. like, you're that red apple. Why should I, that, that's what you are. You have to stand out from the rest. And that's the analogy that I love to go by with that. What is your red apple? Because if you don't know, you're going to ask. And then I can break it down to you. I, you know, I, I explain, it's your uniqueness. It's, it's your specialty. Everybody, everybody is, that's in your industry is doing the similar, the same thing, but everybody's doing it in a different way. And that's what I, that, that's why I say the red apple. And, you know, like I said, sometimes the red apple brings up a more conversation and it brings up more of a question in terms of, I want to know more. And that's, you know, I got to keep throwing things at, at people for them to write it down. When I see people writing down, I get excited. I was like, okay, I just hit one right there. Right, 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 right. You've seen me kind of jotting down things over here as well. What is your red apple? Why you versus somebody else who speaks on PR? So one, I've been in the game for over 20 years. And I started with an elected official in law enforcement for the city of New York. Now, (laughs) I've, I've worked with all walks of life. And I not only did PR working with the media because I was getting media coming to me. So it's a difference when you have your own agency and you work for a company, especially an elected officials company that was just always in the limelight. I'm talking, you're talking about the DA's office, you're talking about crime, you're talking about everything. So they were always coming looking for us. Um, But, you know, my background has to do with me understanding the community, understanding every single government official out here, whether, and, and, and it's all the same, whether you're in New York, whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast, Central, it applies the same process. So I have that under my belt over 20 years. And not only that, community engagement is extremely important for an entrepreneur. Networking is extremely important. And I was thrown into it when I started the position. I was a regular specialist when I started. And I was thrown into it, got no training or everything. All they told me was, you need to know every single person in these communities. And I have five communities. You need to know every single community leader, clergy, not-for-profit organization, police department chief, 
government relations, government agencies within that area that does work in there. You need to know who they are because they need to know the programs and initiatives of what the DA's office is doing. And if I didn't know that, I, I, I would not have been able to have that, that, that customized procedures and customized techniques of what I give my clients. So understanding the community is the same as understanding your audience before you get on that stage. What are their questions? What are their needs? What are their pains? And then community Absolutely. engagement, the same thing as audience engagement, making mm -hmm. sure that it is a two-way conversation where they're not just sitting and listening to you, but they are also a part of the yes. knowledge transfer. You're asking them questions. You're getting feedback from them. You're circling around. But I want to come back to the first thing you said, and that was 20 years of experience 20 plus years 20 of plus experience years. Sharon what about somebody who says I don't have 20 plus years of experience in my industry on this topic on on this matter on this question and I've got to do a presentation what do I do if I've got 20 minutes of expertise 20 days and 20 not 20 days. years you always got to show up and show out Hello. your confidence your confidence is what sells if you went into, like I said in the beginning, if you were not your biggest cheerleader, something is wrong. You're in the wrong industry, doing the wrong business. So when you got 20 minutes, you pull out your major, major key roles of what your business can do, what services that people need. Don't pull out what you need. You have to understand what people need. So when you go on that stage, you already know. <clears throat> For me, I already know. People want to know how do they get in contact with the press? So part of that is, I know I could tell you two ways in how you could get in contact with the press. Have a Twitter account. <laughs> Have a Twitter account. Have a hit list, okay? You, and, and I say a media hit list because you already know what media outlets you want to be featured on. Everybody has their particular favorite. I want to be on GMA. I want to be on, you know, Fox 5. I want to be on wherever. Okay, fine. You are following a particular reporter, a particular journalist, that's your hit list. Get a Twitter account because they are all on Twitter <laughs> and they're writing it down. Oh my God, I don't have Twitter. I don't know how to use Twitter. You better learn because that so is where up. they are. Yep. Show up so show and show up. out. Mm -hmm. and, and show up, show out demonstrate that you are an expert, even if you have just been in this industry or immersed in this topic for a short amount of time, what mm -hmm. you do is don't try to cover everything. No, you can't. Choose a few items that you're going to become an expert on for mm -hmm. the point or for point. the for that mm -hmm. presentation. Or Absolutely. The word that I'm searching for is escaping me. And here's something else to everybody. Sharon has told you, give the audience what it wants. And I'm about to tell you exactly how you do this. This is what most presentations, this is where most of them miss the mark, where people are just getting up there talking. First mm -hmm. off, I need you to plug this into your mind. The best presentations do this. You take what you have to give the audience what it wants. Figure out what does the audience want and take what you know and what you have to give it what it wants. Yes. That's the first start to your presentation, not just an information dump. But when right. you start a presentation, ask yourself, what does the audience want, what I have, and how do I meld the two? That's number one. Now, here's the second part where presentations miss the mark. And Sharon, you 
discussed this beautifully early on when you talked about starting your presentations by identifying what in the world is PR, everybody. <laughs> so go, going forward, I'm telling you, see, we go into presentations with these big assumptions. Yes. And we already know what happens when you assume mm-hmm. moving on. We're not even going to say that right now. <laughs> so we, we're, uh, hello, we, we're not, we not going to say that. We're going to say that. <laughs> so you establish this baseline. And this is how you do it, everybody. You answer these three questions in your presentation. Here is your formula for making beautifully on point, valuable presentations. What, why, how? Mm -hmm. What is this thing? What is the topic? What is the question? What is the issue? What is the problem? What is the budget? What what is the question of what? Then answer the question of why. Why is this important? Why does this matter? Why do we need to change? Why do we need this information? Answer Mm -hmm. the question of why, because why is the number one reason adults will listen to you? You can't just shove something at me and not give me a reason to listen. And then the third question, how? Mm -hmm. We establish what this is. We've defined what quote unquote this is. We've established why this is important. Now I've got to tell you how it's done. Right. How do you bring about change? How do you move forward? How do you make your next move in relation to this new information that you've received? So everybody start out your presentations with what does my audience want? What do I have that can give them what they want? And then Mm -hmm. answer those three questions. What, why, how? Bim, bam, boom, done. You will never fail at a presentation again if you follow that formula. And, And it's so true. It is so true. People, people fail at that. I mean, I've, I've been to presentations. I've been listening to some speakers and you sit there and you look at the next person and be like, what did they just say? (laughs) It's like, you know, and, and I like when people stay after, because, you know, I go to them and I'll be like, you know, can you just explain a little bit more in terms of, and, and that's happened a couple of times, but I'm that person that would walk up to you and ask you that question. Everybody else is not like that. You walk away scratching your head and that is not, you're not getting your message across. You're not, you're not hitting it on the nail when somebody has to walk away with scratching their head, figuring out what did you just speak about? Sharon, we're sitting here listening to you and it's without question, you are powerful and confident. Have you always been this powerful and confident on the microphone? Absolutely not. Girl, I was shy. Oh, okay. I was shy. I, I will be. I was very shy in undergrad, and I I want to say it kind of started in undergrad when you know when when I was in um you know when I was probably my fresh no my my second year in sophomore, um because again you know I came from, my parents are Caribbean so you know it's it's that you know this is what you do. I grew up in a household where I didn't know until I got to high school that girls can wear pants. So you think about it, yes, my, my mother and my grandmother, my grandmother's old school Caribbean woman, you did not, girl, little girls did not wear pants. So I was always like, you know, quiet, you know, I was the good girl, nothing like that. <clears throat> and um, when I got into college, I went to John Jay, John Jay College of Criminal Justice because I was going to be a lawyer. No, I was going to be a pediatrician. And when I realized I couldn't do that because I was scared of blood, I was like, let me go to John Jay and let me be a lawyer. And my very first class was a speech class. And I had no choice 
I had no choice but to speak every single class because I, I needed to get my A. So I forced myself, I hyped myself up. I came up with different topics and things like that for me to do. So I have to say that it was my speech class that really got me to, you know, really open up. And now you can't shut me up. My husband tell me, he was like, he's like, you are a butterfly. You can, you just like everywhere, every single place. Like, he's like, I can't go nowhere without somebody saying, oh, that's Sharon. Oh, that's Sharon. Oh, Sharon, how you do? He's like, you're worse than the mayor. And I'm just like, and, and, and it, 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 it came from me with my undergrad in speech class. But before that, mm -mm. you wouldn't get me to say nothing. Everybody, I want you to look into taking an undergraduate speech class. You mm -hmm. do not have to enroll in college and go pursue a degree or anything like that. Just go audit an undergraduate speech class. And you may say, Bridget took speech. I don't need to do that again. Maybe it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right professor. It wasn't the right mm -hmm. school. I, you know, we can go on all kinds of factors. Absolutely. I Absolutely. won't talk about my speech class experience <laughs> in undergrad. It was, I, I think the professor just didn't like me, Sharon. Okay. I was, I, I was a wonderful I like student. you. Uh-uh. <laughs> right. I'd say the same thing. <laughs> How could you not? But it just really was not a good experience. So I think that's why I'm going down that road mm -hmm. saying to listeners, if you yourself, I've checked that box, moved on, I don't need another speech class. No, no, mm -mm. let's think again, because it, maybe you just needed another type of instruction, another environment, Absolutely. another time. Yeah. And as you get older, information kind of sinks in a little bit differently, but I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point. So love, love, love that. Sharon, you're, you are going to get the opportunity to ask me a question in a little bit. Mm -hmm. I now have another question for you. So, <clears throat> excuse me. There are tons of publicists out there and mm -hmm. you've told us about your red apples and you've told us how you, you're energetic and you're creative and you approach both the stage and your client work with excitement. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that makes you stand out either as a publicist or as a speaker that we still need to know about? Oh, wow. You know, I not only speak about PR. So I am um, a co-author in an anthology, um, Soaring Beyond the Nine to Five. And I started my business working my nine to five. And so many people don't really understand how can they work their nine to five as well as build a business. And I talk about that. I talk about that all the time, because if it wasn't for me to figure it out, I probably would just be relying on a nine to five, not bringing in the coins that how I love to bring in, because I'm a shopaholic. I'll be honest with you. I'll go in the store in a minute and just pick up stuff. My husband looked at me like, Lord have mercy, this girl is just cannot stay out of the store. But that's one of the things, like I can talk about multiple things because I lived it. I've done it. I've perfected it. Networking was, is, is, I love, love, love to network. I'll be honest with you with this past year, you know, I had to figure out, cause I'm a people's person. I'm a hugger. 
I'll see you in a minute. And we, you know, we connected prior and then I see you, I'll give you a hug and that's me. So this whole virtual thing is all new, but I, I, I had to, I had no choice, but to master it. So it's not, I just don't come with just one thing. I come with multiple things that people actually can learn from me because like I said, I've done it. I lived it. I mastered it and I can give you my expertise and I can tell you exactly how I lived it and how you don't have to go through some of those pitfalls that I went through. And when you've lived something, that makes it so much easier to teach it to somebody else to make a presentation on it. Everybody, if there is something that is an integral part of your life, you can do it in your sleep without having Mm -hmm. to think about it. You belong on a stage. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Seriously, stop waiting and start small. Maybe you'll just do a podcast. That is a presentation, everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll just do an interview or panel discussion. That, Mm -hmm. my friends, is still a presentation. A presentation doesn't always have to be formal with a PowerPoint deck and rows and rows of people in a huge aquarium. Right now, what we are having right now is, yes, a conversation. But it's also a presentation. Yeah, we're speaking. We're hello and get that. We're doing the what, where? We're doing the what, why, and how? Hello. (laughs) There you go. There you have it. There you have it. Okay, so give me a what, why, or how, Sharon. What's my question? Oh my goodness, I have been very, very um, focusing on women in business and their self care and mental health. And, you know, you know, we met because I heard you on another podcast, which you were just fabulous, 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 what made me go and just look you up and just be like, oh, this woman is just extremely fabulous. But with all the fabulous things in what you've done and, you know, you, you, you have a family, how do you yourself identify with your mental health, um, your balance with your family and your business and your own self-care? How, how do you what, what do you do? Okay, mental health, balance with family, and then what was the last one? Self-care. What do you do for your self-care? What, what, what? Okay, <laughs> so mental health. <laughs> with that, I have not started seeing a therapist of this show However, by the time this show airs, let's hope I will be several sessions in with a therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have tried a number of therapists in the past and, and, and did not have success. Mm. I I think I saw two when we Texas and then went to Arizona. There's this stigma too, Sharon, in the black community that going to see a therapist or a counselor, it's taboo, right? Or psychiatrist, very yeah. taboo, mm-hmm. right? Right, right, right. You're going to be the crazy folks, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to because there's something quote wrong with you. But we're perfectly fine discussing going buying insulin for diabetes, mm-hmm. or perfectly fine with discuss, uh, discuss going to the pharmacy to pick up high blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. We're perfectly fine with discussing that. The mental health is as important a, a, of a part of your well being, right? And your ability to perform and show up in all facets of your life. It's as important as the physical. 
and getting on the bike. Yeah. Right. So for me, and I, you know, everybody, I can't believe this is TMI. For me, I just feel like I do have a lot to balance based on yeah. going towards your second question. <laughs> but I do have a lot to balance. Mm-hmm. And some days are easier than others. Absolutely. And, right? Yes. Some days are easier than others. And while I have a master's in counseling, it's kind of like with the, the, the defendant or the, the client in court who's also a lawyer, but decides to represent him or herself, mm-hmm. it's not a good idea. So although I may already have a master's degree in counseling, I don't think I need to be lying on my own sofa. No, you don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> trying to help myself figure this out on my own. Exactly. Like when, you need professional, when you need professional support, you go find that professional support. So I just need somebody where I can just throw at them. Uh, 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 this mm-hmm. is what's wrong. This is what's not working. And, ah, ah, right. And, 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 and that they person can is okay. Exactly. Right? And they can tell you like, listen, it's okay. And, or and, it's and not okay. <laughs> right. She's looking at the clock thinking, I've got about another 20 minutes of this and she's going to be out of my office. Right. <laughs> It's somebody who's got to listen to me. Somebody mm-hmm. who's got to listen to me. And and you need to get things off of your chest. You got to get your, yes, absolutely. And you need a sounding board too sometimes with no judgment. Mm-hmm. So, right. So that's how I focus on the mental health where I'm realizing, okay, Bridget, you don't have all of the answers. You cannot figure it all out. And screaming out a while doesn't look sexy anymore. So mm-hmm. you got to go, no, right? Go get a professional you can scream towards, <laughs> not at. Now, in terms of the balance, let me tell you, Sharon, this is my favorite part of my life. I do not work on Fridays. That's how I get my balance. Okay. And I, I try my very best not to work past a certain hour in the day. Mm-hmm. In terms of I'm not answering email, I'm not taking calls, I'm not working on anything, no matter how delicious the project is. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of delicious projects going on right now that I would love to work on 24 seven. There was a certain hour where I say, no, nope, now, now it's time for family. Yeah. And uh, weekends, Friday, I have every day, weekend, every weekend, regardless of whether Monday is a holiday or not. If Monday is a holiday, that means I've got a four-day weekend. So that's how I do my balancing, is making sure that there's time allotted for work, but then there's also time allotted for family and personal uh, matters and self-care. So mm-hmm. that leads me to the final part of self-care. That is where I ride my bike almost every morning, almost days a week. And for me, it's not drudgery. For me, I I wake up and I'm like, okay, let me let me try to respond to a few things really quickly. So I can't, I can't go get on my go right, right. at least an hour. Mm-hmm. I really want to get, get in in at least an hour. And that is my happy time. I am looking at the mountains around me, the little family of rabbits just before you cross over the 202 freeway. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I can't wait to see those rabbits and they're, mm-hmm. you know, cute little cells and and there's certain people that I see on the path that I take there's certain right, people where right. we recognize each other mm-hmm. every morning right so that's so that's my self-care and, and, and it's so in in enrichment it's an enrichment part of your life I literally last year now before COVID I had we we have always been traveling for the summer now last year 
didn't do anything. Obviously, everybody was doing it yourself, DYI, you know, they were, you know, putting up sheds and all this other stuff. So we made our backyard into an oasis. We did what we had to do, which we've never done. And we've been living here for 14 years. So we have never done any of that. And I said to myself, every morning, every morning I do meditation and I sit on my porch outside of my bedroom and I just listen to the birds. And I'm like, these birds be having some serious conversations, but it brings, (laughs) but it brings a peace to me. It, it, It makes me realize that life is free. Life is exciting. You can chirp all you want and no one is going to judge you. You can do what you want to do and, you know, show up and show out because these birds, every morning, there's a woodpecker that pecks on my neighbor's house. And I look at this woodpecker every morning, clockwork, 6 a.m. on the corner of my neighbor's house and just be pecking away. And I said to myself, this is a routine for this. This, I call him Woody. This Woody, this is a routine for you right now. But it just, and you know, I, it, it really puts me into a serious trance that, my, that sets the tone for me for the entire day. Now, yeah, I get monkey wrenches thrown into me, you know, because I get crazy people that come to me that challenges me. <laughs> but um, I do that, you know, I, I, I love the morning, the birds, the scenery, you know, looking at the trees, the breeze. I love that. So I understand when you say riding your bike and you seeing the rabbits and I so can relate. And I'm not a nature girl whatsoever. It's not my jam. Mm -hmm. But early mornings, I'm telling you, I went out on a Sunday during the 5 a.m. hour. Now, I don't think I'd ever done that. Sharon, Mm -hmm. no one was out. I felt like I owned the entire planet. Mm -hmm. There was one other car, motorcycle, moped, no one was out. And I said to myself, okay, point taken, Sundays, 5 a.m. It was about 5, I guess, at the time. I'm going to go out even earlier. Because we live in Arizona, right? And, and the sun, <laughs> the sun is out, <laughs> out in the 5 a.m. hours starting in like, I think April or May. Oh my goodness. It's earlier and earlier. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Sharon, anything else we need to know to make sure we're always owning the microphone? Oh my goodness. Just, you know, just show up for you. Just, just be yourself. Yeah. Just be yourself. When you want to, you know, be on a stage, don't be an imposter. Don't look at other people and say, I want to be like that. You are your own person. You are your own expert show up and people will see the authenticity about you. And that's what people buy into. That's what people feel and trust about you. The worst thing that you can do is be somebody else. And, um, you know, I, I always, I'm a part of um, several publicist groups. Um, you know, I'm part of the Public Relations Society, the National Society. And I come across so many communication people, so many publicists, and all of us are different. And I learn from everybody and I apply what works for me and, um, you know, and I find that it works. So I, that, that's my recommendation to everyone else, you know, always be on your toes, always study, always do your research, always connect with others. Don't look at it as a competition because no one else is going to speak like you. 
No one else is going to have that personality. No one else is going to think outside of the box, only just you. So we can look at the same thing and have two different outlooks to it. And that's what you have to, and, and that's, and that's what makes you a powerful speaker. Yes, yes, and yes. Sharon, <laughs> definitely lead. Thank you so much for your time today and all of your expertise, energy, and excitement. Bridget, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I could do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I might have you on again. Don't tell me that. <laughs> well, listen, it won't be on PR. It will be on a couple of things that we were talking about earlier. So I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do it. We'll, we'll talk. We'll set something up. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.